And Leanne is going to give us our reading with his Matthew 6, 1 to 6, and 6 to 16 to 21. Giving to the needy. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honoured by others. Truly I tell you that they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be done in secret. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father, who is unseen. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. When you fast, do not look sombre as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, this is where your heart will be also. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. So being seen has become very important in our culture. Uh, we used to do things, and when I say we, I mean culturally, we used to do things because uh, we enjoyed doing them. And uh, now it seems we do things so that people can see us doing them. Uh, online, you can find lists of the most Instagrammable places um, I'm sure everyone knows that Instagram is a social media platform where you upload photos and that sort of thing. Uh, there are lists of the most Instagrammable places in the world and for every country and for every city. So you can now target all the places where you'll be able to take the most enviable photos. Um, it is easier to be seen, uh, to be noticed than ever before uh, because our whole lives can be online. Uh, Facebook, and uh, I understand that Facebook is now, if, if Facebook is your main one, you're classed as an oldie now, so I'm an oldie. Uh, so the Facebook and Snapchat, Instagram, WhatsApp, TikTok, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, it goes on and on. Uh, a lot of people, uh, teenagers in particular, have their own uh, YouTube channels where they upload videos. That's quite normal now. Uh, you can upload pretty much anything and get literally thousands, if not tens of thousands, of views. So it's very easy to be seen. We can put our whole lives online. And a lot of people really don't hold back. 
There's a community on Facebook called Rate My Plate. It enables people to display their meals so that other people can comment on them. Uh, I'm not really sure that that enriches our lives, but you never know. Uh, There's an online game called Wordle. It's a, a little daily word game. And people keep posting their Wordle scores. I mean, who needs to see that? Uh, you know, it's not like you're having a really bad day and you think, I need a pick-me-up. I know. I'm going to see what that person that I haven't seen for 20 years scored on Wordle today. Oh, they did quite well. I feel so much better now. I really needed that. It's not like uh, before everything was online. It's not like you did the Sunday crossword and then rang someone up to tell them, I've done the Sunday crossword. We become obsessed with being seen. And we become quite narcissistic. We want everyone to know everything that we're doing. It's a relatively modern phenomenon, as a social experiment, really, and it's not at all clear uh, that it's going to be for the greater good. In fact, so far, all the evidence seems to point in the opposite direction. Well, given all that I've just said, today's reading is completely countercultural. Jesus teaches us about three essential spiritual disciplines, giving, prayer, and fasting. And what's important is not just that we do these things, but our motivation for doing them. Jesus begins by saying, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So if you're doing good things, don't do them to be seen. Don't do them to be noticed. Don't do them so that others will think well of you. Our motivation, or rather if our motivation, is to look good in front of others, God is not interested, no matter how much we give or pray or fast. When Jesus talks about a reward, he's not talking about our salvation. If we know and love Jesus, our eternal destiny is secure. But it does seem that those who act with genuine love, self-sacrifice, and humility will be rewarded in the life to come in addition to being saved. At this point, it's worth remembering that in the new creation, we'll all be perfect. There will be no jealousy. So if someone receives a greater reward than we do, we will be genuinely happy for them. No one will want to pull down the tall poppy in heaven. But let's look at each other. Sorry, let's look at each of these uh, spiritual disciplines that Jesus talks about, starting with giving. And notice how Jesus says, when you give to the needy, not if you give, but when. Jesus expects his followers to do these things, to give to the needy. When you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Well, this is uh, an increasing trend on social media, this very thing, you know, filming sham acts of kindness and uploading them on YouTube. You you see it all the time. You know, someone will uh, take a meal to a homeless person and they'll film the whole thing. And the homeless person doesn't really get a choice because they really need to eat. They can't afford to turn down this food. But maybe they don't want to be the focus of somebody's virtue signaling. Maybe they don't want to have a a camera shoved in their face 
uh, when they're in a really difficult situation and they need help. At the end of the day, why do we give? Well, I hope it's because we love the Lord and we recognize that God has been generous with us, so we want to be generous with other people. If we're giving to the church, it's to facilitate ministry so that we can keep doing the things that God has called us to do. Sometimes people make large donations to the church. We never thank them publicly for that, um, that kind of giving. We're extremely grateful, but we don't thank individuals for uh, donations. If an organization gives a uh, a, a gift or a grant to the church, then uh, we do talk about that because it's good to know uh, who's supporting us, but there's no individual that gets the credit for that. If people are generous with their time and effort, of course, we acknowledge that sometimes from the front of church because we want to encourage one another. But if someone came up to me and said, Charlie, you know what, I've been doing quite a lot at church and you know, quite a lot of ministry. Do you think you could just mention it? At the front, just um, you know, just so people know what I'm not sure that everyone knows exactly what I'm doing. So maybe you could just say something from the front, and then well, I've been there, no way. But of course, you know, if you put a lot of uh, effort into some kind of ministry, of course, people will notice, and if they do, be encouraged. But it's self-promotion that we want to avoid, and we want to make sure that we're doing things for the right reasons. Uh, the next. Discipline is prayer. And again, for Jesus, it's not an if, but a when. Jesus expects us to pray. Jesus talks about those who stand on the street corners trying to impress everyone with their long and pious-sounding prayers. And he contrasts that with praying in private, perhaps in the privacy of one's own room. Private prayer, when it's just between us and God, is an essential spiritual discipline. But what Jesus is getting at here is that we shouldn't pray so that we look impressive. However, that doesn't mean that we should never pray out loud. Corporate prayer is important. Acts 4.24 says that the believers raise their voices together in prayer to God. We often pray out loud in church. Uh, We pray uh, out loud in our hubs. And that's to be encouraged. We want to hear what God has laid on a person's heart. We want to be able to pray with them. But when we pray out loud, we don't need to make a show of it. We just pray in the same way that we would pray if we're alone with God. We don't need a a, a super spiritual language. We don't need a special prayer voice. We don't need to go on and on and on about the same thing. It's fairly good to be concise. Basically, we just make sure that we're directing our prayers upwards and not outwards. I love it when we have open mic prayer. And actually, all of the prayers that we've ever had during open mic prayer have been entirely appropriate. Uh, People have got different ways of praying, uh, but that's okay. That's a good thing. Uh, It's good to have those different styles of prayer. What counts is our motivation and that we're praying to God and not to people. I think for us, the greater danger is not so much that we might show off when we pray. I mean, I can't imagine any of us standing in Orion with our hands like this, uh, praying a very uh, long and loud and grandiose prayer. I don't think we do that. We're not 
It's, it's a different culture. We don't really get uh, brownie points for doing that kind of thing. But another danger to avoid is critiquing uh, other people's prayers and styles of worship. Uh, we don't all have to pray in exactly the same way. Diversity is good. You may remember that when uh, King David brought the Ark of the Covenant back into Jerusalem, he stripped off, not completely, he wasn't naked, but he was pretty casually dressed for a king, uh, and he was dancing in front of the Ark of the Covenant, and his wife, Michal, saw him from a window, and she despised him, and God reprimanded her for that. Uh, the way that David worshipped shows that we don't have to tone everything down for fear of looking extravagant, looking like we're showing off. Again, it all comes down to our motivation. Was David dancing for the Lord or for the onlookers? Well, God sees the heart, and uh, God seemed to think that David's worship was entirely appropriate. So being expressive isn't necessarily showing off. I mean, I suppose it could be, but that's for God to determine. Only God can see the motivation of our hearts. And to be honest, the only thing that we need to worry about is what is our motivation. That's, that's more than enough to occupy us without thinking about what anyone else is doing or other people's way of doing things. Uh, finally, we come to the discipline of fasting. How do you think Jesus started this section? He said, when you fast, not if, but when. And he describes the pitiful behavior of those who made a show of their fasting. Now, I'm pretty confident that none of you are planning on going into work over Lent uh, wearing sackcloth, you know, an old potato sack or something, with a little pile of ash sprinkled on your head, maybe some on your, your cheeks if you wear makeup, no makeup, looking really sad and miserable. I'm, I'm pretty sure you won't do that. And your work colleagues would not find that impressive. They would just be very, very worried about you. But if someone offers you a biscuit, you don't have to say, no thanks, I'm giving it up for Lent. <laughs> and you might say, yeah, but it's an opportunity to witness and talk about the Christian season of Lent. And, and I get that. But there are so many other ways that we can talk about our faith without drawing attention to the fact that we're fasting. And by the way, giving up biscuits is not really that much of a fast, just saying. <laughs> in a nutshell, Jesus is saying, engage in the spiritual disciplines, but do it with the right motives. Don't make a big show of it. Give, pray, fast, because you love God, because you want to get close to God, because you want to serve him. And if that's your motivation... Jesus said there is a reward in heaven. If we do things to be noticed by other people, either in person or online, our only reward will be man's empty praise, likes, followers, and emojis. But if we engage in spiritual disciplines, because we have a heart to love and obey the Lord, there is an eternal reward in heaven. So this season of Lent, Let's do everything we can to draw nearer to God. Let's just not make a show of it. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, we recognize that um, very often we can do the right things but with the wrong motives. And we pray that this season of Lent, we will give and we will pray and we will fast and we will do it with a heart that is completely inclined towards you. Father, help us to do all that we do for you with the right motives. Help us never to, to want to be praised or glorified, but only to give you glory. We pray, Father, that our lives and our church will do just that, will give you glory, uh, not just during this season of Lent, uh, but always. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.